Life is busy. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. I'm Naomi. I'm Liz. And we're the Ren Galloway Girls. And we're so happy to be here. And this is another episode that will be re- that is being recorded on a Wednesday. And so we're excited it's Wednesday. Yes. And it will be published on a Wednesday. <laughs> yes. Which fingers I'm, crossed. No, it will. It will. You know hiccups. what? Uh, We record for YouTube, and I'm not liking our video setup, so Naomi, get us started. (laughs) Okay. Well, so we have started training, right, again, because, of course, with my foot, we had a little bit of a, I had to take off some time, and so I did kind of fully take off two weeks, and then the third week, we could dive back into a little training, and now this week, we're fully, like, we're basically back to doing I mean, we did two plus hours of activity yesterday. Two and a half hours of activity. It didn't really feel like that. It, it didn't. Felt, it didn't. No. It felt different. Yeah. It is different. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm not training, but I'm not not training. Yeah. <laughs> um, because at some point this fall, I'm going to have an embryo transfer, which Yay. is going to mean that I'm pregnant. Fingers crossed it works. But I don't know when that's going to be, so I have until then. And then I also don't know what's going to happen afterwards. Right. So, fingers crossed I'm pregnant, and if I have to sit on my couch for nine months, I'm fully prepared for that. Right. If I can train while pregnant, that's also wonderful. If it doesn't work... Hopefully, I'll have enough fitness to jump into whatever I want to jump into. Right. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. So it's a very weird place to be. Yeah. You're hoping to be able to run a marathon this fall. Well, and with the with the <laughs> least conventional training ever. I'm. I mean, it's a definitely a like kind of a you know long shot. Can I do it? Should I do it? And also, it's a to finish. It would not be. Mm-hmm. I'm not training to race a marathon, right. but I don't know. I I just sort of feel like there are definitely, you know, if you keep up your fitness, there's definitely ways you can still yeah. complete other, like, just like how we could jump into other sports. You can. We can jump into other sports, and the same should, should be true for jumping back into running yes. to some extent. So I am actually kind of reminded of, granted, I wasn't injured, and I was much younger. And that's actually, like, the big point with your unconventional training is we've got to shake the pain. Because we've talked on here before about how we only have, you only have so much. Yeah. And you only have so much stress that your body can be under. And actually, SWAP has talked a lot recently about, like, the chronic stress yes. load and acute stress. Our bodies are made for acute stress. They're made for, like, a one-time adrenaline burst, like, get that stress and then recover. Right. It's the chronic stress load that can really, like, affect our bodies and affect our long-term health and long-term performance. And I'm actually, like kind of reminded I just finished Des Linden's book you finished it over the weekend Mm -hmm. too and she talks about developing chronic hypothyroidism Um, and I am wondering like I know that it's something that just happens but I also know that the hormonal system which the thyroid is a part of can be very very temperamental when it comes to stress and she did 
a lot of high-level training, a very stressful high-level training, too, with the, you know, Hanson's yeah. original distance project. That's who developed the, like, back-to-back 16-milers instead of 20-plus-milers in order to train for the marathon. Like, that's a lot of chronic stress. She ran years and years of 100-mile weeks. And did that cause it? We don't. You we don't know. Would she do any, anything differently? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. But it's one of those things to be like, well, stress is not good. Chronic stress can have a negative effect. You know, it's really interesting. Yeah, for sure. It's really interesting if you also then read Kara's book. Um, yeah. Because. Now, who knows how much of this is Alberta Salazar and how much of it was true, but she was diagnosed with chronic hyperthyroidism. Her husband, Adam, was, and several other teammates. Yeah. But there also is a possibility that they were, you know, being told that they had this so they could be taking a medicine that was potentially a performance enhancer, the the, thyro- the thyroid medication, because well, it was, you know, it was helping them... Des's blood work was like at 92. Well, she for real had it though. (laughs) No, I'm saying that it's very possible that Kara also did. Yeah, also develop it due to, or yes, and developed it due to the chronic stress. Because as we know now with her, is it dystonia that she has now? Um, Kara has the um, where she you know has this thing where her this a dis like there's a disconnect and so she often like trips if she's running because there's this disconnect between her brain and her limbs. Oh wow! Oh yeah, this was diagnosed like a couple years back, oh, and it crazy. was a like it was a huge like heartbreaking thing for her. Obviously, her book's my next book. But but well, she, I'm reading Elizabeth Clore's book right oh, now. Oh yeah, so, yes. But she talks about she doesn't talk a huge amount about that in the book. But there's some articles out there from when she got diagnosed and uh-huh. what, are, what yeah. it is. And apparently, it's really common. It's more common in like musicians who are using their hands all the time. Yeah. So it's like something that because you're overusing mm-hmm. your feet, you essentially yeah. fry your nerves. Exactly, you fry your nervous system. Exactly, and your nervous system gets fried because the hormone signals are like depressed or or exacerbated or whatever like our bodies are a delicate balance and so it's less likely going to happen at such a young and acute age for someone who's a recreational athlete but these are things that we do have to this is like the other side of being fit is that it's like a car a performance yes. car needs expensive oil changes it needs a little bit more maintenance sometimes than a beater that only commutes to and from work and not only that and i think des touches on it is that like any car whether it's a beater or your really nice car has a limited number of miles yeah and our bodies are sort of like those cars that like we might have a hundred thousand miles to give and that's it i think that we i think that we have way more than like like i think that there is like it's just at what level? I, it is. Right? It is at what level? It's not that you like, yeah, like that. You know, the wheels fall off exactly at that point. Yeah. Or something. But, but things have you, to change. Yeah, and if you burn too hot, like if you are, and if you're running a hundred mile weeks, like these pros, and if you're running, you know, then perhaps you'll kind of burn out more if you're. Well, and then as you miles. get older, you have to change True. how you're training too. What your body can handle at twenty five, at twenty seven, at thirty. 32, yeah. 35, 37, 41 is yeah. so different. Um, it's so different. The requirements I, are so different. Yeah. So, I mean, I my third marathon where I ran a 409, 
my training bulk was triathlon training. And I was training with, it was uh, 2013, I was training with team and training, um, doing a triathlon, my very first team and training event, and I was raising $2,500, which felt like such a, a big yeah. number. And now I'm like, oh, $25 minimum, no problem, or $2,500 minimum, no problem. Like, <laughs> it's so funny how things change. Um, but it was, it I was, like, biking every weekend with the team. I was not running, though. I was running, like, the little one- and two-mile runs after for the brick. Wow. But I was primarily biking. I was not doing as much swimming as I should have been doing. I was swimming maybe once a week towards the end of the race. And the race was, like, the weekend after Labor Day. Yeah. So then... But you have a background in swimming, and, like, that helps your experience. But... I mean, my running base was literally like <laughs> five miles a week. Four, yeah, it was it was super low, and it was training for a ten k at the end. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't as focused on it. And I met a woman like around Labor Day that was also training for the half mar- or training for the Marine Corps Marathon, and I like. It's like, well, can I come and do long runs with you? And she's like, I don't know. I have to ask my training partner. Her training partner got injured. So we ran the (laughs) South Lakes Mm 10-miler in September. And we did that and then tacked on eight miles. So we did an 18. And then like two or three weeks later, we did 14 miles running and seven miles of walking. Mm -hmm. Those were my only two long runs for the Marine Corps. And I dropped 21 minutes off my first so it's it's also funny how much time you can drop when it's your first yes. couple of marathons. And you're young. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Especially those first few seasons. <laughs> so I have also spent a lot of time in the groups, in the Chicago group and in the Marine Corps group recently, like really asking people because they're like, I did this. What do you think I can do? I was like, is it your first marathon? And really saying, drop your time goal do not try to break four mm-hmm. hours in your first marathon. And here's my caveat, unless you have run under 145 and a half marathon. Yep. If you've run under 145 sure. and a half marathon, go for four hours. Go for 359. Go for it. You might even blow it out of the water. Right. But if you are over 145 and a half, and I would say if you've run 145 and a half consistently, like you're like 147, 145, 143, 145, one, like right in that range, Go for it. If you are not, like, for, 909 for a marathon is not like 909 for a half no. marathon. Like it's, it's not like 830 for a half marathon, yeah. you know? Like, it's a, it, is, it is a lot harder. It's a lot harder. And I'm reading Elizabeth, Elizabeth Clore's book, Boston yeah. Bound, which is really cute because it's a lot of blog posts. It's because she was a blogger. Right. So it's, like, explaining the story, and then you read the blog post from the time. So it's really cute. And she had, like, the same kind of early thoughts of, like, well, I've run this. I should be able to do this. Sure. And the marathon is so different. And your first marathon, you should just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. And then I'm also taking a lot of time telling people, slow your long runs down by a lot. Um, So. Yeah, I was tempted. There was someone asking about, um, you know, their training in Florida. And they're asking about switching all their super long runs, like 20 miler to the treadmill. And I'm like, and I didn't, you know, I didn't comment because I I didn't want to. That's what I wanted to say. I was like, so here's break. This has been my, this has been my advice for people who are having a hard time slowing down. I say, well, why don't you add 
30 seconds of walking every four minutes. Yeah. So four and 30 or at a minute of walking every mile. Mm -hmm. It's not the Galloway method, but it's actually where Galloway kind of started. started. So it's a great way to say, okay, well, if you're running, if your goal is say, let's say you are going for that break four hour and you're trying to run 945s because... I don't know why somebody would think that that's the appropriate long run pace, but, but whatever. They do. That's what they're being told right. by their coach or whatever. Right. Okay. So, and you're having a hard time, or you're even if you're running one four nine forty fives, but it's really hot. Like yeah. add that one minute and slow down thirty more seconds. Take that recovery. Run it more like intervals, like track intervals. One mile with the, you know, or you're walking at the beginning of each mile and then like working to drop the time. However, it works. So, yeah, no, that's great. A great yeah, you just great can't. Advice. You just can't run your long runs too slow. And I have like so many years of proof on this. Like yeah. you cannot run them too slow at all. Period. End of story. Yep. And but you can run them too fast. Yep. And I have that proof of, <laughs> of having done all my my first several years of training for marathons that way with the nine forty fives to break to break four hours kind of thing, and then you know have all. I of mean, my, you had a long run. I will never forget. You had a long run leading into something. Uh, Steamtown. Steamtown. Your long run was 8.45 I for know. 20 miles. Yep. It was under three hours for 20 miles um, with Kelly, and we felt amazing. And it was, yeah, 8.45 average. Yeah. And, yeah, and so then it's, yeah, all of my training before with those faster paces versus all of my super slow um, long runs where I've got faster marathons. Well, than and I then, had before, so. And then there's something to be said about that with the stress load and the yeah. hormonal system, the endocrine system, too. On race day, you add an, an extra element of adrenaline. You add this extra thing that, and it stinks that this is the case, but sometimes you are going to be faster on a trail by yourself or with one other person than you are on race day. And part of running the time is about doing it in race conditions and like learning to do that and controlling the stress in your body and all of that. So, I mean, the the proof is in the pudding. Like, it's great if you can run certain repeats by yourself, but they don't really mean anything if your goal is to qualify for Boston and you have to do it on a course or your goal is to get a certain time on a clock. So it's, I mean, although that's silly thinking about it because those goals are kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yes, but they are people's goals. And it's yes. also in like that chronic stress thing is what, you know, what I was doing. If I was running every weekend, running these, yeah. you know, 845, which was race pace, essentially, if I was running the, or as fast as the race pace, because it's faster than what I think, I don't know what our, what our race pace ended up being when, when I ran with you for yeah. a time. But if, um, if you're doing that 53, every weekend, it was a 350. Yeah, so I don't know what that is. Is like it an 850 something? 853, something um, like that. Yeah, so if I was doing that, the, doing those faster runs every weekend, that's going to cause more of a chronic stress yeah. reaction than the one time acute stress of the race. Right. Of racing at 845 or 853 or whatever race pace is. Yeah. So. And then, I mean, also those last six miles, Des Linden talks in her book about how she trained for the last six miles of 
her races. That yeah. was her. That's that, the race. That's the race. And she just, like, you know, she was like, nope, that's when I'm going to be the best is in the last six miles. I just hold on until I get to the last six miles and then I'll show up. I hadn't realized that she had missed winning Boston by two, two seconds, seconds because her her leg cramped up, which is just crazy. Yeah. I mean, I know. how amazing. And that, that was in, too. what, 2011? Yeah. It was like a long time before her yeah. win, her big win at, you know, 2018. Um, and then, and then she set the 50K record recently under, under three hours, years. which is just incredible. Like, I mean, I ran a 50K in five hours. So. <laughs> it's, um, it's just incredible. Yeah. And, like, I hope she's still out there running. Um, she and, is. Like, doing she's training. ultras and do, being amazing. And that's she's incredible. She's still training. And, I, yeah, and I'm listening to her and, and Kara's pod, oh, okay. too. Yeah. And, um, you know, her, her, her thoughts on Orlando being at noon, the trials being at noon. She's fine oh with it. Oh, my gosh. She's fine oh, really? It. Yeah. She's like, I used to train there, and I think it's great, and they should keep it at noon. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So it's like, oh, okay. Oh, that's kind of, she's amazing. it's kind of interesting, like, actually circling back that she and Kara have a podcast. I know. she didn't really, like, they didn't really have a relationship. Right. Other than being sort of rivals. Um, yeah. They didn't work on the same teams, and obviously. She was with, she was with Brooks. She is with Brooks still, and Kara was with Nike, and, and so they were. And actually, she was a little critical yes. of, like, Kara at the whistleblowing time. Like, uh-huh. I mean, rightfully so. Like, you know, you are complacent until you do something mm-hmm. to change, which is, I mean, that's. Yeah. And but she didn't know. Cool. The whole world thought and assumed Kara was doping, too. So she mm-hmm. was one of the people who probably wasn't sure whether Kara was doping or not. And, yeah. And, and there was, yeah, well, there was a whole... And, and it doesn't matter. If you're following a coach who's doing shady things, yeah. you, you actually don't know. You can't say or not whether you're doping Exactly. Or not. Like, like, that's the other thing. Like... And and I actually yeah like don't, the thyroid medication like the I, things that he was you know uh, getting them he was he had doctors who were who yeah. were in his pocket who were either really or not really doctors but they were prescribing things you know yeah and and I like I get part of me really gets the willingness like the wanting to succeed at all costs and to be honest like I'm kind of interested in a dirty games like I would love to see but the problem is it would it would chronically hurt people. Right. Yeah. I'm kind. I kind of would love to see who the best doper is. Like, I'd love to put like Lance Armstrong against whoever. Like, <laughs> I'd love to put the best dopers against each other and just see, like, like push the bounds of human physiology right. as a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. how much EPO can you take yeah. before? your blood just turns into clots in your body. Like, how many red blood cells is too many red blood cells? But, I mean, it's not okay because it's not a level playing field when things are sneaky, and that's kind of why I'm like, I'd love to see dirty games. I'd love to see, like... There's a dirty section. You can hear yeah. are the dirty things that are allowed. Oh, you found something else that might work? Submit an application yeah. there might to be. allow it. There might actually be something out there doing that already. Who knows? There could very well be a like, it's I, obviously not like you know, the, I'd love to see yeah. like the world the world dirty games. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> kind of different. Like 
you know, whatever. But <laughs> the problem is then children look up to these people. Right. And then we have kids who are like, well, I'm going to hack my physiology. Yeah, I want to be Barry Bonds. Which like. <laughs> I actually think, like, the biggest hack of physiology is, like, what can you, what can you, what stimuluses can you apply from outside your body to get it to be the best, right? So, like, we're talking about heat and altitude. Those are natural ways of, like, doping your system. Well, it's like nutrition, too. Nutrition, yeah, yeah, nutrition hacking. Like, I'm, which, you know, how do you feel about, like, aminos? Because that's, like, on the edge of... And, I t- and I'm taking them, I'm back Me on too. them, and I'm, like, this morning I was, like, please work, please work. <laughs> Every morning I'm drinking, yeah. I'm, like, you got to fix me. Build yeah. those building blocks back you know, up that are broken down in my an body. An amino acid company reached out to us. Oh. So we'll we'll hmm. have some... We'll I take perfect out. aminos from Body Health. Yeah, and I've been taking Thorn for yeah. the last year or so. Like, I was taking perfect aminos back... When um, when Tina was yeah when Tina yeah. Muir was sponsored on her pod by them, but then they um, then I found Thorn it tastes way better so I take the pills so the perfect yeah. amino pills so yeah it's I mean I think that they make a difference in muscle recovery um, it's a way to like kind of get protein building blocks per, amino acids are kind of an expensive supplement so it, they're yeah. not for everyone. Um, They're cheaper than AG1 because, yeah, I take yeah, both. And AG1 is like 100 bucks a month. And, and that's another. Perfect aminos or thorn is like another 35 thing. Ashwagandha month. and the nootropics yeah. in AG1, like what kind, but they're safe for sport. Yeah, they're, so they're verified. They're nutrition vetted. hacking in uh, carb replacing in your, during your runs, like in timing mm-hmm. your fuel. Uh, that was actually something crazy about Des's book. How many bottles she missed I know, at, at, at Boston. Boston. And to still pull off the win. Well, and it's also like, even if she had been able to grab them, you would think they would slip out of her hands being frozen. Like, she, yeah. I mean, she, I just, yeah, every time you think about that race yeah. and the conditions of that race, it's just like, I don't know how anyone finished, let alone like, she just, yeah, yeah. she powered. Well, and it's crazy, like, uh, just a regular person finished second. Yes. Just yeah. a regular runner. Sarah Sellers, right? Yeah, she's, Sarah and Sellers. she's, yeah, not, no longer a regular person. Now she's a, now yeah. she's been coached. Like she's yeah. she's been picked up and sponsored. Which is but just crazy. But like, yeah. did the rest of the pros all drop out? Like, I don't well, even Shalane, remember. So, do you remember when Shalane had to use the potties yeah. and Des like stayed with her at the potties? Yeah. And then so Shalane dropped, right? And then I think so. Um, I'm not sure about like the the East Africans probably yeah. did because also they really don't train in these conditions. Yeah. <laughs> they they are they I mean, have the heat and the altitude, crazy. but they don't have the it's crazy the wind and the rain. Well. So now that we're like a good 20-ish minutes in here, <laughs> we thought that we would talk about um, doubles. Yes. So uh, we have been using doubles since 2019. 19. Yeah. And it was Jeff Galloway who suggested using doubles. And uh, he actually doubles using the elliptical. Yes. And we... Um, we were doubling. We were prescribed to double back in 2019. Yes. A 30-minute easy run. We did one hour. We would do an hour <laughs> most of the time, yeah. Which was ridiculous. And then we also did a lot. Prior to that, we did a lot of what we, 36-hour uh, turnaround runs. Mm-hmm. So 36 hours instead of running every day, instead of doubling, we would do like a Monday night and then a Wednesday morning and then a Thursday night and then usually also a Friday night 
and then Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then we'd have the 36 hours to Monday. And sometimes we would just do Saturday or Sunday, depending. And so doubles kind of took the number of runs we were doing and gave us more recovery. So we mm-hmm. would do two runs on the same day and then have that full 48 hours. Yeah, so we were doing like... Or sun- 24 hours. We would still have a 36, too. So we'd have like Sunday morning, Monday night, which was 36 hours. Yeah. Then Wednesday morning and Wednesday night double. Yeah. And then Friday morning, Friday night double. Yeah. And so and then we took Saturdays off when right. we were doing that. So Right. And so the yeah, the, the idea is that you get the you get more mileage, obviously. Yeah. That's part of it. So and then you get the the rest days and in between. Rather than running six days a week or running every day like a lot of people yeah. do, you get those rest full rest days in between. And the full rest days are actually I would I would say the full rest days are more valuable to you than the doubles. The doubles yeah. are going to work on your aerobic system. Your strength system can, like your muscles, doubles can actually derail you completely. That's actually how I I was trying to double. That's how I like made it to where I could barely walk in March because this I just year. over, this year, I just like pushed too far too soon. Too soon it yeah. was too much volume and especially at the pace. I was trying to do, you know, 10 minute mile, sub, just sub 10 easy miles and I'm not there. No matter how much my legs want me to be there, like that's not where I'm at, but, or where, especially where I was at in March. Right, like, coming back <laughs> off of like almost um, no training. Right, I, no but that's what my leg's speed wants to do. And so I have had to use shorter intervals and just really like calm my horses, hold my horses back. <laughs> so, um, but doubles can be such a valuable tool. So how do you do doubles? Right. That's that's the question. That's so the question. if you've got this good base behind you, like we did in 19, and you're running... You're I would say even if you are relatively new and you want to add, mm-hmm. or you're coming from five days a week and right. you want to cut it down to three... Swap your days or swap your runs. Yep, swap your runs days. out. Doubles have to be... Have to be your second run of the day has to be or your first depending actually you can do the workout at night right and do the the easy in the morning but I think it's better to do the easy in the evening yeah it's worked better for us you have to go super easy yeah like that is the biggest thing we're talking recovery heart rate no pain and it doesn't have to be a run that's the best thing about doubles it can be it can be shuffly, easy miles. It can be a 15-30. It can be a 30-30. Got to keep that heart rate easy. It does not need to be more than 30 minutes. And that was actually mm-hmm. super apparent in Des's book, too. She was doing doubles, mm-hmm. 14 and 4. Right. Like, I'm like four miles for her. For her, though, at six-minute pace. Or probably was pace. 25 minutes. Yeah. Was yeah. a 25-minute run. Exactly. So. Yeah, and, and I was doing, like, so this past fall when I was training for New York, I was doing, I was doing run doubles because my, uh-huh. I had the planter at the time, but not, not to the level I had this spring where then I swapped right. my doubles for uh, a non-running double. But so, yeah, in the fall, it was how I was building and I was only able to squeeze in 30 minutes the, yeah. versus when, back when 19, we would, we would do an hour because we had the time in the evenings. Yeah. So I was only doing 30 minutes and it would be on the treadmill most of the time and that way I was around the kids. But it was the way that I banked in more miles right. in the lead up to New York. And even though New York didn't go 
you know, because of the weather, didn't go as as I wanted to. I did have that wonderful Army ATM, Tyler, yeah, yeah. Army ten, where I like I hit an hour and twenty, which was not even something I thought I could do at this point back. My fitness, I didn't think, was back there. And so um, the doubles, I feel like, you know, being able to build up to 150, 170 miles per month, not week, yeah. was, you know, was really helpful to have that. And then the spring, I was doing my doubles were all on the bike. And so in yeah. the evening would be a 30-minute bike ride um, or, you know, on the stationary bike. And yeah. now, I, now I have my Peloton to do that. Yeah, I, I mean, I did the same. I was uh, on the bike a lot. I was probably pushing, cardiovascularly pushing, because I had the Peloton, pushing the bikes a little harder oh, than I right. should have because I was doing classes. And I was just riding and watching, like, TV. Um, I was doing classes. But, yeah, doubles are incredible. And um, when it comes to all of this, what we're trying to build is the aerobic system. So that's what the doubles are going to help you with is the aerobic system and more give you more endurance and what that's going to help with is later stages in the race so you'll you will be stronger because your muscles are going to be doing more and they're going to be more efficient but it's really going to help with that long with the longness of the marathon yeah the endurance the yeah and that's why they're less necessary when you are doing shorter races if you're like 5k True. 10k runner it's not really going to be necessary to do these doubles because and in fact it could be worse for you because you need to be fresh for your intensity of your train of your workouts yeah you're going to have a lot more workouts, workouts and you're going to need a lot more rest. So if you're, say, Lauren and Sarah starting the 10K plan, your your work is going to be way more intense yeah. than marathon training. And so you can't look at your volume and be like, but my volume is so low. <laughs> like, what? I only have 12 miles this week. Yeah, but they're well, super intense I, I want to say they do go up to I know. like 19 and 20 it's a it's yeah. a pretty intense oh, yeah. 10k plan, but uh, like total volume. But it's multiple intense workouts a week versus exactly. one workout a week or exactly. two workouts there's, a week. Um, and then there's there's days that are optional runs. Those optional runs are the ones that you can swap out for any other cardio that you like because those are your aerobic system system works. Um, yeah, and oh my gosh, doubles though. I will say when I was in peak fitness, the more you run, the more you want to run. Mm -hmm. It really is true. And when you, the marathon is so great because when you're training at the right, and even the half, but when you're training at the right paces for your fitness, it is very easy, if that makes sense. Like I think about my fall of 19 and even spring of 19 where you know, I was doing all my training runs at like 9.45 and it felt easy. My heart rate was low and I was like, I just did so much volume in that range. It was just like, I was just like flying and I could just run more and more and more and I wasn't getting injured. And it was because at the time my marathon race pace was 745. Right. So it was two minutes slower. But it felt I felt like on top of the world running like that. Like it yeah. was incredible. And so I just need to remember that when I head out for runs, that 
My marathon race pace right now is 9.30, which means my easy run is 11.30. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to like wrap your mind around it because yeah, your fitness changes over time and throughout conditioning, you know, throughout deconditioning and then reconditioning. And, but yeah, I mean, the truth Uh, is like to get better at running, you do need to run more. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is the truth. And that's what, What like, this will be a funny fall experiment to like not run and see if we can still run or see if I can still run. But what do you think that, what do you think the sweet spot for, I think the minimum miles for marathon training, what do you think it is? Like the minimum per week? Mm -hmm. I mean, probably 20. That's that's what I was thinking. Uh, And I was thinking at peak. And like, that's, cause I've, I did, and that goes against what they say. Cause you shouldn't have, they say, oh, you shouldn't, you know, the experts or whatever, you shouldn't have your long run make up more than 50% of your weekly yeah. mileage. And like, that's not true. If you're doing Galloway, your long run might is hundred percent of your mileage. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, it might I be have trained, a 20 mile long run and like, you might only have six or nine miles the rest of the week. I have okay. trained athletes successfully to run a marathon on one run a week. Yeah. They have successfully completed marathons to finish without hitting a wall running one run, one run a week. per week. Did they cross I've train? done it. Nope. Galloway. Did they get steps? Like just it was just the Galloway. Just Galloway. Just that one long run. Just doing Low, the over distance slow. training. Yep. Just doing and doing uh like three up down or so two up and a down three weeks up and a down three weeks yeah that makes such a big difference too again the chronic stress of like a plan that you do 18 20 22 every weekend versus galloway where you have a down week right and the way that is is such a difference the way that uh we kind of did it is we would do step ups like 10 12 16 11 13, 17, 12. So, like, it was kind of still going up, yeah. but with no speed training. Yeah. So, well, we with, usually have our like six mile. Yeah, exactly. Because we're doing the high, we're doing the high intensity. Yeah. So, this was, this was way back. This was all, like, all low, mm-hmm. in, low impact. All low impact, all easy, you know. And it's it's incredibly tough because if you're training for your first marathon or you're early in your season, you know, Naomi is coming in like an experienced runner getting plantar fasciitis. But plantar fasciitis can really derail you when you're brand new to running, shin splints, all oh, of those yeah. things. And so being patient, continuing to do what you can at a lower intensity, lower volume, lower intensity to kind of push through is how you're going to be a long-term runner. There are times where you have to come in and, and cross-train. Don't be afraid to cross-train. This is and this is also a do as we say, not as we did. I mean, I ran, <laughs> I ran on a um, stress reaction in my femur until it got so bad that I like had to stop. I was lucky, 18 days off, and everything. I had zero pain after 18 That's days. Insane. I know. And well, but, and but then nothing showed. Nothing showed when I was in pain on x rays or MRI. Yeah. And then 18 days off. And then two weeks after that, I went in and an x ray showed a shadow. Wow. Showed healing bone. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, it's it was crazy. So, it was crazy. For your doubles or for oh, yeah. your swap outs of like, 
you know, swapping out Iran, how, you know, wh- how, what's the parameters? And like we talked about easy runs, you can swap out your easy runs. And that's sort of what we've done in the past where we're swapping out all of our easy runs for like a low impact bike ride. Usually I go to time-based yeah. for those. So like on the bike, if I was planning to run 30 minutes, then on the bike it's 30 minutes. Or if I'm planning to run an hour, it's a bike for an hour. And I think it's important to know your whether you're going to do percent heart rate or lactate threshold yeah. heart rate. I think it's really important to know your heart rate zones because this is where you want to be in your low aerobic zone of your lactate threshold heart rate. So this is up to about 60% of your max heart rate. Mm-hmm. So, which is going to be if you or have 65, a, maybe like, yeah, 60, yeah, 65. Si- yeah. So like my lactate threshold heart rate is, I think 187. Oh my God. It's so high. Something, something <laughs> it's high. It's ridiculous. And mine's like 175. So, so that's for me keeping my heart rate 150 or under really, because that's the middle of my mm-hmm. blue zone on mm-hmm. my watch. And prior, I want to say like, um, prior to switching it, that would have been like the like the beginning of green. Um, anyway, yeah. so so just and for make me that sure. might be like one forty, and and yeah, make yeah. sure you're keeping it. And so that's where you were saying like if you if you're doing a Peloton class, don't go pick like Cody's intense classes or or do, or, but just remember right. that you're not going to when he's saying push push push, you can't like. One of the things I like to do is we both have the bike plus and you can lock the resistance resistance where it will auto resist and it will always be in a range. You go ahead and pick the bottom of that range and you just spin. And if it's too much, sometimes what I'll do is I'll just leave my resistance low and I'll just cadence the whole time. Um, Make sure you take the FTP test at some point if you have a Peloton because the power zones are exactly where you want to be. Zone one, zone two is is going to be what we're talking yeah. about for these doubles. Yeah. And for added volume, zone one, zone two, take those power zone endurance rides. Like, I actually think that that is going to make us so strong that we did, mm-hmm. we're doing the Discover Your Zones cl- program right now. And we did yesterday in zone four, which was a lot of push to kind of improve threshold, essentially. Right. So it's it's that high aerobic and really getting a lot of strength out of it. Anyway, it's going to be a great experiment to see how this all works. Yeah. So sometimes when people think of doubling, they think of strength training. When do you want to add strength? Right. Again, you want to stack it on your running days, and you want to stack it as soon as you can after your run or your double run so or your double some, and there's some like controversial guidance out there of that you should actually some some coaches say do it immediately after and some coaches say two hours after like they say oh. do recover and get some food first oh yeah so it probably depends on you know on what you did that day split the difference split the difference 30 minutes get some protein get right. a snack as you're setting everything up. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's what I like to do is I like to, so last night I got off the bike, I took some perfect aminos and drank some more. I've been doing, um, the Pedialyte Sport because it's got a little bit of carbohydrate and a lot of salt. 
<laughs> so and yeah, it tastes nice, really good. Nice so, little recovery. Um, I took some perfect aminos because Brian was cooking dinner, and I knew I'd be eating dinner right after. And I had honey stingers on the bike, so I took that, thinking like, all right, this is going to help with my recovery right mm-hmm. right now, but it's not going to affect everything. And then I did an arms lift. So I did 25 minutes, two 10-minute arms. Like, I did a chest and back and then an arms and shoulders workout and then an abs workout. Abs you can also do every day. Why, though? I like (laughs) my days off. (laughs) Right. But it's good to add that five minutes. I did the same ones as you. Well, I mean, I don't know if I did the same exact ones, but I did did two of JJ's. You know, one was was shoulders and, and chest, and the other was... Was arms yeah. and, and that they, they were killer. My yeah. arms are so dead. Yeah, and I had gone and, and then I did and then I did an Emma Lovewell five minute core. Yeah. But I had gone and gotten our food because the food truck was in our neighborhood. Went and got the tacos yeah. and the burritos. Brought them back. Brought brought them back. And then went and did my twenty five minutes. Yeah. And then ate immediately after. And I was like, I was just like, yeah, get my muscles. Yeah, like, like the beans, the rice, like. <laughs> yeah. So replenish. Um, and then as a runner. I am not, like, I think lifting legs once a week after your big workout for the week. Like, don't do it before. Don't do it on your long run day. Like, because your long run is that stress. Um, Lifting legs is not something that there's a, like, you want to do a little. But but too much can be way too much. Yeah. Um, I would definitely check out Speed Legs and Mountain Legs from Swap. Yeah. Those are both really good. They're on YouTube. Yeah, they're on YouTube. Those are really good programs specifically for runners. Um, You just want to be careful not to overdo it when it comes to lifting on your legs. You want functional strength, and you don't want to be sore showing up for workouts. Yeah. Um, Because that's definitely, it's definitely not good, and that's, you can easily get injured if you are showing up for a workout already in muscle failure. (laughs) Yeah, and you do it after your run because basically it comes down to what are you prioritizing in this training training build? Are you prioritizing strength or are you prioritizing running? And if you're training for a marathon, you're prioritizing running, so you do your running as your first thing of the day. And then, yeah, like either if you have a double, you do the strength after the double or you can do the strength after the run in the morning, but it might... Well, I guess you can still do your double at night if you're doing an easy run, easy, slow ride at night. You can still double that way. Um, But it's basically just comes down to like, so if you are just trying to, you know, strength train and that's what your goal is, then of course you would do it first and then your run. But that's not what we're usually doing. I would say if you're like, this sounds like way too much. I just need want to add one thing. Yeah. Add the aerobic base. Like, if you are mm-hmm. and just do te- five to ten minutes of prehab yes. for any weaknesses, don't stress about strength training. I know that we're talking about strength training. I have been a runner since I was, you know, at like twenty five ish, and I've never, never. strength strength Me trained either. for my running. I have treated little injuries here and there with a little bit of like leg with a leg lift here and there. Essentially, strength training is not necessary to perform well at running, but running is necessary to perform well at running. Except we're going to find out if running is even necessary to perform well at running. Like that's our goal. And as as we get older, that's why we're bringing in strength. Not only well, it's also because you know we've got 
time in our schedule if we're not running. So we're right. using that time to do the strength. But it really is that now that we're masters, now that we're in yeah. our 40s, like strength is so much more important as you age. And so like we're trying to embrace that side of it that we know we need to get, we need, we're losing more muscle yeah. than we build. Although if we were running the distances we usually run, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Again, we never did it before other than I would, like I would rehab, say prehab. like, okay, I would say that if right now, if we were both healthy and able to like start a marathon block, I would probably like, and I generally coach us, like Jeff gives us kind of like the outline of what to do. And then I kind of tweak it for us. And because Naomi's so go with the flow about it, it's great. <laughs> or maybe it's she's like, okay, I'm just relinquishing I, this so that I don't stress yeah, about it. I just love to have someone yeah. tell me what to, to guide so, me. So <laughs> I would probably have us do a lot of arms and back and right. shoulders lifting. And I would say we'd probably lift legs once a week. At and we're not most, even, yeah, and that's pretty much how we're following at most, it now. And maybe even once every two weeks, mm-hmm. just because I would probably do it on our high bill, on our high or our middle week. So we'd have no legs during the off week. We do legs like at the start of the first build. And then at that high mileage week, we'd have no legs because we need, we need to be strong for that high mileage week or actually no, I'd have us lift the high mileage week because we will have just done the workout. Yeah. The three week cycle thing. It's like, where do you put it? Yeah. (laughs) Where do you put the lift? And it's great because it's, because it gives you that flexibility because some weeks are the down weeks. So, but yeah. And then the, you know, if you're not, again, if you're looking to just add one thing, like for strength, just for prehab, rehab, I would just Google Myrtle, M-Y-R-T-L, the Myrtle routine. And that's because that's what's going to yeah. be like the most beneficial for most runners because that's where most runners have their weaknesses is in the kinetic chain that's related would, to your glutes. And, you know, yeah, and the Recover app. So yeah. we really for Strava. we really love the Recover app from Strava. We haven't been using it because we have the Peloton app now, but... I mean, I was actually thinking about it the other day with the calf. The calf and lower leg program is so good, mm-hmm. and I, it did help me recover. I was like, I should probably, like, throw this in. Yeah, um, like at least once a week. I am having right calf tightness mm-hmm. that is causing a little bit of heel pain <laughs> on my right foot. It feels like a little bruise on the bottom of my heel. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man. But I know it's from the calf yep. tightness because the calf tightness started first. First, and I started to think about your planner and how hard it's been for you to ditch. I actually think that it's starting from your high hamstring tendinopathy. I don't think that that's gone. I think that it's asymptomatic because you've changed your foot strike because it's the same leg, right? It's the same leg, but I think it's the calf. But remember, my, this whole leg. I think it's turns down in. the entire kinetic chain. Yeah. And I actually wonder if it's possibly starting in your low back. And. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like working on, I think, okay, so this is just me and my ADHD. It's Dr. Liz. I have literally been thinking about this all day, all day yesterday. Good. And like for a while I've been thinking about like, okay. And Thank so you. I was like really focused on the foot and I'm like calf and I'm, I'm going to come up with a routine yeah. that 
it's going to be like low back and low back and hamstring intensive. And you're going to be like, well, how is this going to fix my foot? And it's going to fix it. It's going to fix it. I believe it. <laughs> so this, it, we need to, I also you know, have needles. I'll dry needle. There you. we go. I just, <laughs> they're, need, and they're IVF needles, but <laughs> right. we just, yeah, it's like, we need forensic, uh, science, you oh know, my gosh. doctor Liz to figure this out. It's yeah, I know. I think it is related to hamstrings on a lot of people too. And, yeah. it, and again, for me, that the reason that leg is always the issue is that it, is not um, straight. It's not in alignment, and my hips yeah. are off, and that's going to be something I'm just going to deal with for my. It's it's something. It's a lifelong thing that I have to deal with. Hey, Penny. Oh, Penny is really like she's, she's ready to go outside. She's ready she for us to like wrap our this talking. Up. <laughs> um, but we are so excited for her, like to try this. We're so excited to find out how much can you not. How much can you not run and still be a runner? Um, so yeah, because we've swapped out like thirty percent. I would say twenty to thirty percent easily in the past, where those were right. bikes or something else. And interestingly, was talking to like well, I was talking to Cheryl Young, who's a photographer for for PR right. races, and she said that her second fastest marathon was done with three days a week of pool running. And she now yeah. is a huge elliptico person. And yeah. she runs like, I don't know, a 110, 112, 10 miler was her yeah. race this spring. Like she's a very, very good runner, very so fast. So it's, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how much we can do. You know, I'm actually hoping that this kind of opens up triathloning for Naomi um, <laughs> because I think that that's something that I want to do. I don't know if full Ironman is something. I definitely would like to do an, another Olympic distance triathlon because um, it's about a three-hour effort, which is which is which right is like where the I nice, want to be. Yeah, that's yeah. like the perfect place because you know it always feels like it's like with halves and falls. Yeah. It always feels like something in between would right. be the right distance. You know, eighteen so, miles. <laughs> so for an Olympic distance triathlon, breaking three hours is like breaking two hours and a half. Um, and I want to say like my best time is like three oh six or something. Oh, so you so gotta, I'm like, you have I got to aim for exactly because the year that I was probably like primed to break three hours. Oh, actually, it might be faster than that. I don't know. But one of the years I was like, oh yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, so they canceled the swim. One oh, year okay. that, like, I was, like, in prime shape yeah. to, like, do it. They, and you didn't have the chance yeah, to, like, exactly. actually show it, to exactly. prove it. So, and I was, like, so much faster on the bike because I got shoes. Because uh, that's another thing with tries. <laughs> like, the gear can make you faster, which is nice. Um, clipping in makes you 10% faster. Oh, cool. Yeah, which wow. is really, really cool. And that, I mean, that's another thing. The bike is um, stationary, on the road. It can. It's a great form of transportation. And when we're talking about all these doubles, and we've talked earlier about sneaky, sneaky low aerobic base, your double could be a family walk. Your double could yes. be a family bike ride that is nice and slow and easy. Nothing is too slow to build that aerobic base. Um, joyful yes. movement, you know, at all times for all reasons. Because I was actually thinking about steps and how just to improve in running, if you're someone who's easily getting your 10,000 steps on running days, but maybe falling short on non-running days, focusing on getting that 10,000 or even 12,000 on running days, or non-running mm -hmm. days could have a big benefit overall. So 
It's just like um, those little micro, um, you know, micro like, muscles and micro it's connectors. It's like everywhere you, you can get that. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not, it's hard to see because they're not like these big, uh, high, you know, high intensity things, but those little building blocks yeah. that all add up are so key. Well, it's like we don't finish runs at a house. We finish runs a half mile walk. away and walk or sometimes a mile. Like that additional right. mile matters. Oh, yeah. And I think that it is adding an extra mile to whatever you've done. And so that's, that. you know, that's actually another, like a last point of this. When coaches prescribe a workout or a run, don't and let's say they're prescribing some ridiculous thing like four mile warm up and then followed by a couple of two mile blocks with rest and then a three mile cool down and you do a one mile cool down instead. Don't. You need to walk those last two miles then because there's a reason they asked you to do the mileage because time on your feet matters too. Mm-hmm. And, but the running speed of it shouldn't matter, okay? Right. And so cutting those miles is only going to set a pattern of cutting those miles. We In the Power Zone ride last night, he said, we ride through the finish line. Yeah. Practicing mentally riding th- running through your finish line can be... That can be so big. And that's another thing. Like, be patient with speed improvements. Be patient with workouts. If workouts aren't happening that day, slow it down and make it to where you can do it. I have a hard time with this, actually. Because if we are supposed to do something on a workout and I'm not hitting it exactly or and really because I'm a jerk – I'm not beating it by 10 seconds. <laughs> I'm like mad and like, I can't do it. Like I get all like really like spicy about it. Instead of slowing down like 15 seconds, it's Instead like, oh, we'll of, just slow down a minute and, yeah. or two minutes and make this an easy run. Right. Or... Right, like I want to go directly to easy instead of right. like instead of just being, being in the work that I can do. Slowing that down day. twenty seconds or whatever. And that was Des in Des's book. She talks real a lot about like accepting the effort of the day, yes. and like that's really important too. But then also not being stupid and like, well, this well this felt easy today just because it felt felt easy. You have to look at the heart rate too. Like there's a little bit of judgment there. And don't, yeah, overdo it. Yeah. And I, yeah, and the walking at the end, like if we hadn't done, so on the day that we did our 21 mile progression run and then a four mile walk after, yeah. if we hadn't done that four mile walk after and gotten ourselves to 25 miles, I don't know that we would have had such a good day at Mountains to Beach yeah. this year. Because that was um, our only long, that was our only over 20 miler. We our our last over our last three or four miles mountains to beach were tough. Like they were mm-hmm. really tough. Like it was hard to, um, and I tend to like be okay in that toughness. Uh-huh. Like I tend to kind of thrive in that yes. toughness and almost be like it's tough, but like like something takes over and I'm like I'm going to get to the finish really fast. Like it's. It's disgusting how primed I am for the end of a marathon. It's kind of like this. <laughs> it is. I'm good at suffering. Yeah. I'm yeah. real good at it. You are. Um, and so, like, I... But it was so humid. It was so humid, and it was so hard. And, you know, in hindsight, we talked about yesterday, maybe we should have done 
2020s instead of 3030s right. for the end because we had been running 4020s before. Anyway, um, but it was really tough, and I, I agree with you. I think if we had not done that run, I think probably 20 miles in, we would have slowed to like yeah. a 12-minute pace. That run with and, the four-mile walk. Yeah. Like the fact that we got to 25, yeah. even though we didn't run 25. We right. We got our twenty five on our legs. It's so and and that was that was huge for where we were otherwise right. because like we hadn't done anything in four weeks. I mean, <laughs> I really thought we were only going to do fifteen miles, I know. and I thought we were going to drop to the half. And I, I said, really, I need to go over twenty so I can run this full. <laughs> I thought we were going to drop to the half, and I was going to be perfectly happy dropping to the half. <laughs> I was going to be like excited. I was going to be happy to run a two-hour half that day, like a 202. Although, no, I wouldn't have been. No, I would have wanted to run like... Yeah. I would have wanted to run like 150. Yeah, and who knows if we would have been able to. We probably yeah. would have, but... I don't know. It's something about it. Like we had planned it, and we had, you know, it was a, it was a birthday run. It was yeah. a it was a celebration. It was a trip that we were like running a marathon. Where so, yeah, exactly. So well, but if we hadn't done that twenty five with four of the miles being a walk, well, I don't know that we would have gone. Our there. March trip to Atlanta because Jeff's race is happening. Yes. You guys. I'm going to be go. Hopefully, fingers crossed, everybody. I'm going to be going to Atlanta to run a five k. Yeah, and do the. <laughs> Quote press stuff. Yeah, there you go. Press junkie. So um, (laughs) I was texting with a friend who lives in Atlanta, and I was like, "Oh, I'll be in Atlanta in March, and I'm I'll be there for a half marathon." She's like, "Well, won't you be pregnant?" And I'm like, "Hopefully, Hopefully. you know, I'll be pregnant of some, you know, five to four to five months, whatever, Um, you know, because we're going to transfer later and." Um, she was like, well, will you still run? And I was like, well, I'll do the 5k and then I'll do all the press things. And I'm like, I'm like, maybe I can announce. So that's also something I was going to ask about because I've never announced a race before, but I think I would be okay at it. Like I'll like, because Carissa usually runs. Yeah. So Chris is not, I don't know who announced. I don't, I don't know, but I would volunteer to, I would do it as a volunteer. Right. Um, so it would be really fun. Um, but I mean, maybe, maybe I'll be able to run too. Who knows? Um, but we will be traveling for a half. So if you're considering doing a half this spring, you should join us in Atlanta. It is such a good race. It's really great. It is not an easy course, but it's it's a it's a good challenge. It is. It's a good challenge. And it's a the course though is a course like design you can feel that's designed by by runners. Runners because it's a it is a fun running course. It's not so, like it's got rollers. It and does. And the rollers make it kind of difficult. Atlanta is hilly. But it has <laughs> this lovely middle flat section that is fast. Like, we were, like, cruising. It on that, that bike trail. On that bike path. And that was so nice. And then the rollers, I felt like the best part about the rollers is every up was short enough to give you a nice down at yeah, the end. Yeah, and you can walk the hole up, and, and then you had this amazing of, down. We, we did a lot of Team Always hike, and we walked <laughs> the ups. And then, yeah, we had these great downs, and then there's this fantastic, super long downhill. 
you know, right about two or three miles before the end. Yeah, it's like a mile and, 11 or so. Yep, and so for, like, I want to put together a training plan for Jeff's race that includes downhill work so that people can be ready for those. It includes hill work. People can really be ready for those rollers and really be ready for those downhills that won't destroy their quads so that they can use that and then kind of victory finish through the park. Um, But yeah, and a lot of people got best times on on that course. Yeah, despite the fact that it's not an easy course, but it's a a scenic course. It's a fun course. It's a fun to run course. It's great. So I really, yeah, even though I want to do it again, like I'm getting hyped about it. I'm getting hyped thinking about running it. Yeah. So, yeah. And a lot of times you do do something that's hilly and you're like, oh my God, I never want to do that again. And this one was, it was so hilly, but it was so like fun hilly. It's, and a challenge. Like well, you, you run a 223 with me if I'm all pregnant. Yeah, you did it for me in, in Disney. <laughs> I did. It was the worst race ever. That's what we ran. We ran, so, we ran a 223 in Disney. It was horrible. It, wasn't it like, was really it was 80 hard. something it degrees. It was so hot. It was so hot. It was hot. awful. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was so hot. Do and not then, recommend. Uh, and then the next day, the marathon was, like, killer. Oh, my gosh. I ran the marathon, and... As I was finishing, and, like, my whole goal was to be under, like, okay, no. I show up at the marathon, and I'm like, I'm going to start, I'm going to run 3.30 today. And I, like, start out with the 3.30 group, and I'm like, this is not happening. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is ridiculous. My hurry was so high. It felt so hot right at the beginning. I was like, 3.30 is not happening for anybody today, <sighs> let alone me. And it so, might be having for some like 305 people. Right, right, exactly. So <laughs> I um, I was like, all right, I'm just going to chill out. And like, I want to say it was like mile like 11. I was like, I'm just going to run a three. I'm going to run just sub four. And I I'd finished or I'd started further back than like the first group. I think I started in crowd B. I don't know. Anyway, I crossed the finish line and it still said 359 on the clock. I was like, That's okay, amazing. good. Took my took my finisher selfie with that in the background. And um it was it was so freaking hot. It was so hot. And then they black flagged it and they pulled yeah. everybody in. Um so a lot of people didn't actually finish the marathon that day because wow. it was so hot. Yeah. But yeah, Orlando. So yeah, Olympic yeah. trials. Even and, in January. Yep. Oh my gosh. They'll be the yeah, Olympic trials are in February, right? This year. So Yikes. But it is, yeah, it is what it is. But that's um, right. That's right. You got you to gotta take race day as it comes. It, sometimes it's just... And run by effort. Yeah. And race day just might throw stuff at you that you weren't expecting. You just, you got to go with it and, yeah. you know... It'll be great. And re, uh, readjust for it, so... It'll be great. Yeah. Well, we'll we hopefully will have more definites on our fall calendar, um, and we'll definitely update you on how the Run Gallery girls with no running goes. Yes, we sure will. So we also are big believers in resting. So we're gonna be we're we're gonna be making the Run Gallery girls rest team T-shirt. <laughs> So we're we're gonna have a race team T-shirt and a rest team mm-hmm. T-shirt, and I think that they should be a pack. Like you have, to yes, you buy them both together. Yeah, team rest. Team, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right. Well, we hope that you guys have a great day, and thank you so much for supporting the podcast and listening. Um, you can continue to support us by shopping uh, rangallowaygirls.com slash shop. Yep. Uh, that's where you'll find shirts and things and like codes that. codes for Orgain, yep. which is our favorite protein powder. 
And um, then you can also, yep, and you can shop directly at Beauty Counter, beautycounter.com slash Girls. If you are a brand new customer to Beauty Counter or use a brand new email address, you can get 20% off your entire order using the code clean for all. It's for spelled out F-O-R. Um, it'll also prompt you to use it on the site, uh, but you have to use a new email address or be a new customer. Um, yeah, so... Hopefully you guys have an amazing, awesome, incredible day and really enjoy your running and enjoy your joyful movement or your resting. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.